episode. I wonder what's gonna happen next season. Should we start doing cold opens? Cooler. Like we were so this is really loud in my ears. Help me. <laughs> this, is the, uh, this is the volume for your ears. Oh, okay. I know which front woods and back. It's where we start playing. We 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 hit record, but then we talk like this, and then we launch. I into liked that. The, yeah. And then the music plays. How'd it go? What? How was the cold open? Um. Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we discuss the hot villains of any gender from any genre that includes crime, drama, action, adventure, romance, and good old horror. We're your hosts, Markella Dykfus, Natasha Baptiste, <laughs> and Eric the Dog Tender, oh. <laughs> and Eric Blake. Dog Tender, excuse me, one dog please. Extraordinaire. <laughs> It's just the three of us. Nice surprise. We were just actually the three of us. Yeah. We were gonna um, Jada. What's his son's name? Pinkett Smith. Yeah. <laughs> William. No. What's his son's name? Jaden. Wait. Will Jayden Smith. Jaden Smith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then his wife's name is Jada. Yeah. I think their daughter's what? name is what Jalen or something. They're one of those families. I think I'm realizing <laughs> I didn't know his son's name ever. I just knew him as Will's son. Um, anyway, that's us. We were going to do a whole other podcast. We scrapped that. We had a guest. He didn't want to, he didn't want to come. Um, so we deferred to a choice, a random choice of mine, which was, um, the people under the stairs and we're focusing on mommy and daddy, which is listed as man and woman, woman, but no one, including anyone in the film calls them that. So it's just, it's mommy and daddy up into a certain point and then you get so uncomfortable you kind of revert back to man and woman because you're so upset with them. Which, no, it makes more sense why it was labeled man and woman everywhere else. <laughs> it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Um, so I, I picked this because I felt like we hadn't done a female presenting villain in a while. So I, I was focusing on Wendy Roby. But I knew that it was mommy and daddy and they basically had like all the same scenes together. So it was just like a joint podcast episode. However, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Sorry. Online, everyone was into the guy, the dad. Well, he did the whole mother daddy thing at the end. But I, when I was doing all my research for this movie while I was watching the movie, I was basically focused on her because I, in my mind, she's such a, like a gay icon almost. Or like a woman that's like a mommy dearest type character that I assumed that in our pop culture, everybody would be all about mommy and not leather daddy. But I am <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I would say the dad of this movie, and he, he both kind of spoiled at first, but then completely saved this movie for me. And this gets into his appearance, which is 
he looks like the guy from Shape of Water, who is the villain. He has the very angular face. At first I was like, oh, that's the same guy. But then I realized this guy is much older now and doesn't look like that anymore. But they got this very like... Yeah, it's almost this cult face. It's a cult leader look, you know? Yeah. Very angular, like he, he even is now in, he looks like a stone, like a brick wall. He's the priest yeah. of God. <laughs> oh, is he? We're looking cult? at a very recent picture of Everett <laughs> McGill. He's the priest from Silver Bullet. Is really? this why this is subconsciously what you're thinking? I haven't seen that, but oh. I think they must have tapped into the same thing. Okay, he's then. got this culty vibe. He's a he in that film, he's a tall, very quiet, stern, freaky priest. Oh. I buy it. <laughs> I buy it, too. Freaky priest. He's a freaky priest. <laughs> yeah, so Natasha had told me earlier she had seen this film. How old were you? I don't you, know. I was When you young. shouldn't have watched this. My uh, dad uh, <laughs> had me sit and watch Night of the Living Dead, and that was my first That's introduction fine. into... That's fair. ...to, like, scary movies, but I was, like, nine or ten. So I had to be, like, I That's don't know. That's like, hey, daughter, watch people pick up hammers and, like, look at, into drawers for an hour. In the yeah. 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, I think that's why I love zombies so much, but after that, it was just, like, any scary movie I wanted to watch, he was like, I don't see why not. <laughs> oh, no, 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 dad! Actually, so, I, I'm guilty of the same when thing. When I first funny. watched this film, I was like, the parents are really weird. I didn't really get that they were brother and sister. I didn't really understand that part of it. I just under, I just was like, oh, they're really horrible parents. And it wasn't until like I watched it again, being older, and just like seeing different things that like I understand now that I wouldn't have understood at 11. Like, yeah. oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they're first introduced... You know, she's very sort of classy white conservative, and he's sort of more hillbilly white conservative. Yeah, and they have this are. they have this odd couple vibe. Yeah. And I didn't realize until there's a reveal later where they're like, "Oh, it's a brother and a sister." Yeah. Then I was like, "Oh, like they're si- It's like a sibling rivalry yeah. sort of odd couple thing. Very disturbing." Yeah. Well, then it, it is weird even more so because they're siblings because she seems very, like, conservative, like, preacher's wife. Yeah. Cre- like, creepy religious. He's religious in this other way that's, like, backwards hillbilly. Like, he's LeBron and she's the brains. It's, like, one of those couples. Yeah. But it is weird that they kind of have chosen different paths. Like, that's what she's into. So she wears, like, the dresses. And that's what well, he's into because he doesn't know any better, I guess. In one of her interviews, she was saying that the bath scene was the first scene that they shot. Yeah, I just watched that today. It's yeah, so and I, sweet. And I, I was like, oh, well, that would make more sense to what you're saying. Like, Oh, is this a behind more... the scenes? Yeah. Can I ask so something? Sweet. I did not watch this, but when I saw that scene, I was like, that's cold water with a fog machine. Was that yeah. right? Oh, well, I would assume so. She <laughs> kind of went into like how they made that scene. And at the end, she was like, all we could hear is people screaming in the background like, Okay, like that's enough. Done. <laughs> like stop now, because she was like, we were just sobbing and screaming and laughing, and she was like, I didn't even know I knew those Bible verses. I think they're from some book and Bible and something else to just make the scene seem like weirder. Like, oh, I'm just gonna like 
scrub. I'm just gonna ab lib. She's like, I'm gonna ab lib. You're gonna ab lib. So she had like a real steel brush, (laughs) and like her and the the younger actress, the little girl actress, they had met for the first time that day, and they were like, okay, I'm gonna scream as loud as I can and cry, and you're just gonna keep coming at me. And she was like, okay, and I'll take the brush and I'll lift your dress and look like I'm really fucking scrubbing you hard but I'm not and we're just gonna go crazy until they yell cut and so they were all worked (laughs) up and then they were like crying and like but laughing (laughs) which is so it was just like great hearing her say the scene but it does speak to like how her character developed later in the film because she went into the first film like okay I'm just gonna scream out bible verses and all the shit that I would think a person like this would do and since she's supposed to be, like, the conservative woman of the house, like, she's going to dress, like, who am I thinking of? Like... She makes those dresses. Whatever. You know, someone from the 50s when yeah. this was, like... She's totally, like, 80s. 40s. Her hair was so 40s, 50s. Yeah. And it was beautiful up. Um, Eric, really quick, did you... Was this your first time watching it? It was my first time. What did you think? I, <laughs> Some people hate this movie. I had a lot of issues with this movie... In the beginning, because I was like, wow, it was just very, it's very racist. And my problem with it was really the main characters, like, never really get humanized and, like, never, like, refuse any call to action or anything. It's just, like, in the first ten seconds, it's like, we're getting evicted, we gotta do some crime. And then after they introduce the bad couple, it's like, we gotta rob this house. And I was like, so, I was like, (laughs) you're just gonna do it because I... I had a lot of problems with the the whole opening of so this movie. So this was written and directed by Wes Craven, I believe, but was there any other people responsible for this film? Because... I think this was actually just what you could get away with in the 80s. And, uh... uh See, and I'm also wondering when this was written, because it came out in 1991, and to me, I don't know how old Wes Craven was at the time, I don't know, maybe in his 40s, perhaps, but he is white, and you can tell that he was trying to make, like, a like a fairy tale, like Black Swan or something. Like, there was a podcast. Let me find it, actually, because I want to credit them because they're it was so beautiful. They likened the people under the stairs to Jack and the Beanstalk. It was... Oh, I can't. The podcast, Two Guys and a Chainsaw, compared it to Jack and the Beanstalk, hmm. um, which is really sweet. However, you said that you were saying the film was racist as in the entire storyline. It wasn't like those two villain characters well, it's just have an issue. How they set up the main characters, they're playing extremely like completely harsh stereotypes and never get to, like an autonomy in the first part. And like it does get better as far as the characters getting empowered, but like there's a lot of like, the male role model in this kid's life is, like, telling him... <laughs> Leroy? Leroy brings him but to do this met, crime. But he just yeah. met him. He just met Leroy. Leroy brings him to do a crime when it's, like... I was, like, why did you need a kid? Yeah. And then... <laughs> so he's told to avoid the, the, the main character. the kid had a purpose and he had the body size. Uh, yeah. To do the Boy Scout costume. Because <laughs> they don't make him creep into any holes or anything. Yeah. That was what I thought. I was waiting for a hole for him to creep into, but it's really strange. So Fool, the main character, he gets told to avoid scary white people and his own elders. So 
like the lessons he learns in this are like not great. Well, I'm just picturing white Wes Craven in the very late 80s with honestly the mindset of like a mid 80s film. Like the characters he wrote in this this movie feels very fairy tale-ish, but more like 1987 fairy tale-ish, not 1991 fairy tale-ish. Um I love the costume design in the film like his sister is so cute and Leroy has a cool hat and but it makes that but that's like, what makes it feel really 90s like early 90s however the film itself feels really outdated uh, yeah, yeah two things I should say on that like the second time I watched it because I watched it again because I was like I kind of liked that and I just wanted to go you through watched all it again. I watched it again to like double check all my notes and I was like okay it wasn't as bad the second time but I was like still like still pretty like heavy on these stereotypes that were kind of Because he was trying to write a fairy tale and he's like but, how um, do I write a poor family that's not white But even the you first know, time tale, through and that's yeah. what he came up with which isn't going to fly nowadays but I just I think it's it, Interesting, because I feel like 1991 was still not a good time. So basically, <laughs> they are also doing like a really crazy, amazing white stereotype. It's just not as damaging because it's white people. But once, and I swear, once the gimp suit showed up, like that scene completely flips the movie for me both times I watched it. <laughs> because like, he's talking to Alice, and I'm like, they've been building up this horror and this tension. He's talking to Alice in the bathroom, and they cut away to the dad... And you know the dad is chasing a guy on the wall, but this crazy 80s techno starts playing. He crashes through the door with a shotgun, and it's amazing. Like, yeah. you, it's so good. At that point, I was like, this is just Goonies in the hood, and I'm into it now. Yeah. The, so people people hate this movie, and then some people, a lot of people love this movie. It's like a good 50-50, I think. But I've noticed the people that love the film will love it in one way or another. Some people will love it because it's so off-the-wall goofy, and they they think of it as, like, a horror comedy that's just... The film doesn't know, like, where to place itself because it's, like, all over the place. Um, and then some people think of this film as, like, uh, amazing. And I tend to lean more towards, like, it's amazing. <laughs> I think... Because I... it's... Well, and Natasha, you were talking about um, Nothing But Trouble, yeah, which is a very similar film, and it came out the same year, and that is a comedy that reads horror, because, like, people are dying, and there's, like, monster machines, and it's a haunted, creepy yeah. place, and people die, and this film, I feel like it reads as a horror film, but I don't necessarily feel like it reads as a comedy the way people describe it. But how do you guys feel about that? I saw it as a comedy the first time I saw it, and then it changed. Once it, <laughs> once it got to the... Wait, you're talking about this one? Once yeah. this got to the gimp suit, I was like, oh. It was sort of one of those things where I got the joke suddenly, and I was like, oh. like I, was, I wasn't enjoying all the... I was like harumphing. Until that scene. And then I was like, I just had to relax, you know? <laughs> That's And both times, like, is this, that scene just it, breaks it and turns it into... Then I'm then I start having fun. Is the gimp suit before or after Fool climbs through the um, medicine cabinet bathroom mirror into, um, the, into the walls? I think 
before. So he gets shown. That makes sense. He's in the main house because he gets shown a gold coin, which is where I made the note. This is officially Goonies because I figured this was going to take a good turn. And then I was upset that the dog was attacked. And then he <laughs> yeah, then he meets Alice right. and gets taken into that bathroom. And that's mm-hmm. yeah. so right after the gimp suit thing. I think when he's escaping from that, he goes into the walls. Before the gimp suit, I feel like it's cool that's running around in the parents' bedroom. And on the foot of the bed, like hanging off of the knob at the foot of the bed, is a huge chunk of like leather belts and leather straps with like rings on them and it's very clearly like bondage gear but it's not the suit it's like other stuff and you only see it in that one scene and and it's before he's wearing the gimp suit and it's like a flash and and then it's gone but i noticed it and i was like that's a lot of harness stuff yeah (laughs) um should we backtrack or just keep going like this well i read like because Wes Craven got the idea from this movie from something that happened in real life. Like yeah. something right out of the news. And I read it somewhere and I'm like, why can't I find it on any of the things that I looked up? But I don't remember what the crime was. And he was like, it was something about a kidnapping or someone was being held hostage or something. I don't know how they got into the house, but when police were in this house, they saw that there's a lot of locked rooms with children in them. Yeah. But it's, it's creepy because... In, was it California, I think? Like, a couple of months back, in, I think it was 2018, that there was, like, an even worse case. Oh, yeah. Where they found kids that were, like, in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, watching this movie, like, last year, and then, like, maybe finding something like that out and being like, oh, that movie, the people under under the stairs, and yet this was happening, like, as I was watching that movie. Yeah. It's... Yeah, this does Fuck definitely... That. <laughs> there are real crimes that inspired this one, for sure, because there oh, yeah. are other people who have raised... raised... Uh, have kidnapped and imprisoned kids in basements and the like. And that's why I don't... I really don't see this movie as a comedy like other people do. I, I like goofy, fantastical horror comedies. And so I really like this movie... But I would call this less of a comedy, maybe because I watch that genre so much. So I have all the stuff that I've seen to compare it to. But this movie is so leaning towards not even horror, but just like disturbing psychological thrillers. Like when I was watching this for the podcast, it reminded me of one of Wes Craven's first movies, which was Last House on the Left. Have either of you seen that? It's so disturbing. Like that would be hard to watch if that was made in, like, 2018. And that's one of the original, like, ultra-violent, hard-to-watch movies. Yeah. Like, they make a girl, like, pee herself, and then, like, it gets, like, so much worse. But it's, like, real. Like, it looks real. And so when I saw... When I was watching The People Under the Stairs this last time, it's, like... I almost feel like Wes Craven was, like, what if I did Last House on the Left, but post all of these Nightmare on Elm Street sequels where it's all, like, fantasy and, like, goofball, and it's, like, the 90s now, so it was, like, this weird time of, like, that weird Dick Tracy movie was coming out, and, like, The Mask was gonna come out in, like, 94, and it's between 1980, let's ballpark it, 1988 to 1993. It was a really fucked up time for films in general, so I just feel like it would make sense for him to make something like this that's, like, really disturbing, 
but like he's a weird guy, so he's just yeah. like. And, and then they dance and they they sing and there's yeah. jokes about buckshots. Yeah, there's like lighthearted parts to it that aren't really all that lighthearted. You're just kind of like, all right, I just need to ease you into this next, the yeah. next part of it. Because there's stuff in this film that's like, obviously the bathtub scene is like the worst. And that's the part that I remember the most from the first time I saw this film. I th- yeah. I was either eight years old or I was 11. And the bathtub scene was like, I never forgot that for years, right? Oh, mine was when the, uh, oh god, what was his name? Ooh, the guy without a tongue. Uh, in the basement. Uh, Roach. Roach. Uh, when he came into the movie, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but he was a I sweetie. I was so intrigued. Well, he kind of freaked me out, but I was like... This is so intriguing. Like, what the fuck is happening? And then you see more of the kids, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I think that, that like, going back to the earlier thing, is kind of where it switches from horror to comedy. Is like, you're sort of on the side of all these creepy guys. Yeah. Uh, all, which you're y'all. supposed to be. Which you're supposed to be, of Even course. Even though they're eating Leroy, which is yeah. really disturbing. And, yeah, they eat some people while you're watching but it's like they're not zombies they're just you know that's all they're fed like yeah they gotta survive and they don't want to be in there uh but even that storyline is disturbing like those were the children of the parents so they at one point in their lives first they were kidnapped then they tried to be raised in that house as their child yeah before they fucked up then they got an ear cut off, or their eyes gouged out, or their tongue cut out. And it's messed and up, too, because they talk about how long that family's had money. So if these two, man, woman, daddy, mommy, are brother and sister, mm-hmm. they're probably not related. They're probably also kidnapped, and probably made oh. it through this before. So have had so a really not. fucked up upraising, and also... Had to adhere to all those rules. So they're not brother and sister. I don't think so. That's fucking I mean, cool, she's man. got very red hair and he has very dark hair. I mean, and like, they, they don't look alike. Oh, that's an interesting thing. But they're raised as family. But they are. This is a theory, but this is a theory I'm super supportive of. Oh my god! That, that was my takeaway at the end of this. I was like, "Wow, they must have they must have had a really harsh upbringing to be so fucked up." And I was like, "Oh, maybe they went through the same thing because he does talk about how old their money well, is." Fool's grandfather says that when he was a kid. So Fool's grandfather says that when he was a kid, they were told to stay the hell away from that house because of that kind of stuff that they heard. Creepy, deepy. Yeah. So that There's... would be around mommy and daddy's parents time right yeah mommy and daddy's mommy mm-hmm. and daddy i can call but them when... that now because i'm not mad at them it anymore. is funny though if they had, <laughs> if that has been going on for generations it's like oh nobody who actually could inherit this money is still in the family because they're all yeah. orphans we kidnapped yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and they don't do anything with the money anyway because i think i think mommy makes her own dresses and then i didn't realize this the first time but the huge like rack of i don't know um sorry i don't eat meat what's the ribs yeah the huge rack of ribs that he's eating in front of the fireplace the first time you see them and he's complaining about the buckshots is that a person oh probably is that like a human rib cage 
Oh. So it's like he gives the people in the basement under the stairs <laughs> a like he gives them the hands and limbs and he's like, nope, just the ribs. I only yeah. likes the ribs. That's it could have been pig or something, but it means he, he kills it with buckshot. A, he also eats yeah. it raw. Mm. Like I don't even think he cares. Ugh. When you guys were watching, because I like hurriedly like explained to you guys that we were switching uh, podcast uh, focuses. So were you guys when I said like we're doing mommy and daddy? When you guys watched this movie, were you like equally like paying attention to both of them? Because that's something that I didn't do. And then I, I realized like I, after I should have been paying more attention to the dad. I feel like I paid a little bit more attention to the dad. Okay. Because he That's was the good. one doing all the, like... She had that big scene in the tub, but I feel like her creepiness was more in, like, how she would speak to Alice, where, mm-hmm. like, whereas the yeah. dad was way more physical, where he would, like, release the dogs and, like, shoot at the walls and yell. Like, he was just really loud. In... The hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah. My notes started with the odd couple stuff, and then for a bit, you kind of only see their legs... When they're, like, first in the house, you don't really see them for a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they had some balance when it came to, like, the cop scene, where they're both sort of, like, playing it up for the police. And I thought that was great, where they're, like, serving him drinks, and the man, like, smokes a pipe, and then realizes he has to chuck a bunch of bondage gear and guns into a closet really quick. I thought that was all really good. But yeah, the extremes of their characters, I think you see the dad's extreme pretty quick because it's like he's violent so like when he rushes out with the gimp suit and shotgun i'm like this is the dad yeah (laughs) and i think the bath scene is probably the the mommy's most like that's the extreme of her character as far as like carrying out the whole punishment and virtue thing and they're both kind of they're very creepy throughout yeah sometimes they're sort of funny and sometimes they're scary but just creepy definitely in all instances. I thought she played it up too much sometimes. But I think that's a, a fault of the film. Like, they'll they'll zoom in on her, like, talking to the policeman and being like... And then, like, saying something, like, cheesily foreboding in, a, like, a deeper voice. And it's like, come on. It is... It's, it's kind of like a comic book movie. Yeah. Seeing this, <laughs> seeing this later in life, whereas... If you saw this when you were young, I think that bath scene, and I made a note about the bath scene because I was like, this would have been really a scene that disturbed me as a kid, but now I'm older and the first thing I'm like, they're way, way overacting. And now I realize it's the first scene they shot. It's like, wow, that's when they define those characters. Pretty good. But the, like, uh, they don't know what to do but scream. <laughs> but like, they I'm, don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, so I was able to like look at it and I was like, I was like, this would disturb me, but also I'm guessing that's cold water and there's a fog machine. Like I was still seeing just like but the, then in the, next the scene, make of it. She's like so beet pink. Like her skin is just like boiling. It's crazy. Her, her skin goes through a whole journey. Yeah. Um, and then I was, and then, so this last time that bathtub scene didn't freak me out as much. However, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they, this was one of those podcasts where they'll just, like, play audio from the film, like, between them talking, and they played, I feel like they played the entire bathtub scene, I don't know why, in audio form without the visuals, and it was so disturbing. I was, like, 
completely, I think I was at the gym or something. I was like freaked out. <laughs> it was awful. Um, do you want, should you just read down your negative notes? Like, fuck this movie. No. <laughs> well, a lot of fool's lines were really, never seen a brother before? Yes. That's like, like, that's my last line before the gimp suit is why <laughs> does she assume she hasn't seen a black dude? Like she, he, what I mean by that is he, she's never seen anybody before. Yeah, that's what he she, doesn't know that. I know. It's always, that's why I was like, eh. And then the gimp suit hits like right there. And I was like, oh, 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 I see now. Like this yeah. is all. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, I was alive back then, but I was so little that I don't know what was really going on, like with <laughs> politics and stuff. And it's like, I just know that movies in the 90s were really... They were kind of, it's like what we're doing now with films with people of color. That's what they were doing in the 90s. And it freaks me out cuz no one's talking about it. But in the 90s they were doing films like School Days and then Malcolm Up, Malcolm X came out and then it's like and then it's like it never happened. And now we're just like making new movies that are in the same vein and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, look." And I'm like, "Yeah, freaking watch a movie from the 90s." Are you kidding? Like, 1989 to 19... I don't know, when was it Malcolm X? I have no idea. Like, that one was later. That one was, like, the end... Of, that one, like, closed the book, and then all of a sudden was, like... Everybody was, like, oh, movies are just white. <laughs> um, uh. But I feel like, Eric, seriously, I feel like at right. the time, that dialogue was kind of what people were going for. And by people, I mean, like, literally, like, everyone. Like... That was that track. But I could be wrong. I just know that there was a lot of, like, people, like, do you remember in the 90s when there was all that, like, African... This, like, so this like, is 91, so it's, like, yeah. during, like, the escalation of these rape... This is, like, pre-Rodney King, if it's 91? I don't know. Uh... I don't know about politics politics. <laughs> I just know movie <laughs> politics. Uh... <laughs> I just know that in the late 80s to early 90s there was like um like african culture got into like fashion a whole bunch that's why Leroy was wearing that hat because that was like the biggest thing ever oh yeah like wearing the right. african flag and stuff and wearing all those like dashiki things yeah and, yeah it yeah. bled into f movies and i feel like the people under the stairs even though i agree that it's a weird fairy tale written by a white guy I feel like some of that was the culture of the time that was, like, that's what was going on. So this came out, this actually came out. Again, I was like. This came out so. months after the Rodney King beating. So this is oh. a, this is like the year that went down. So this is very interesting, I just realized. Yeah. yeah. I also just realized that Alice was 17 when she filmed this. <laughs> I was like, wow. She made it work. She that's, made it work. That works, yeah. yeah. I could play a 24-year-old. Maybe. <laughs> In a movie. Eric, you could be 21-year-old. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, 23. If I do shave, we'll see. <laughs> I might read you guys my notes, like, after we cut. Cause you're it's just, angry. You're it's not angry. really angry. It's just, like, notes. it's, like, sort of, like, I think people who watch this who have never seen this before might have a lot of these same thoughts going through it. But until totally the gimp fair. suit, once the gimp suit hits, it's so good. good. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> this is not a movie I w walked away from not recommending. Like, I liked it in the end. Yeah. I was, yeah, I had problems with the beginning. Okay. Um, I, I do want to talk about 
mommy a little bit and her, I guess we should go into their looks because we kind of usually start the podcast like that. The number one reason why I picked this film, and no one agrees with me, so maybe you guys will, who knows, doesn't mommy look like weird, too painted up Julia Roberts? Not now Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts from the 80s, like... Yeah. She yeah. looks like Julia Roberts. Like, she's actually gorgeous. She's just gorgeous in a Julia Roberts does what happened, whatever happened to baby Jane. Where very done up, yeah. Her eyebrows are... It's mostly her eyebrows, really, and her lipstick. And the very... The very heavy, like, white makeup and, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's caked on yeah. her. But I think that she's, like... The way I would describe her is, like, she's beautiful and sexy. And that's... I usually can't use those words to describe women because usually if someone's beautiful or sexy, they're not, like, good-looking to me, but she really is. I went... Because she's different-looking. She's different. Yeah. I put down stern and robotic. Yeah. But it, I was just going off personality, like, just very, uh, like, trained to deal with interlopers. I also feel like, I don't know how old the actress was or how old her character was supposed to be, but I got the impression that Mommy was dressing and doing her hair up and acting older than she actually was. Like Yeah, she looked older than you would think she would be. Yeah. Like, but... Have either of you seen the show Firewalk with me? Twin Peaks. Yes. She was in or that With show. the drapes. Yeah. So they were a married couple in that as well. But I didn't think she was very good looking in that. <laughs> That's why they were picked for this movie. Because yeah. he liked them as a couple. And then the guy, yeah. I didn't take notes on his appearance. He's just very... Um, I didn't think he was attractive. He no. looks like that guy from Shape of Water so much that that was my main note. It's like, I thought they cloned that guy. Huh. I just that really sweet. <laughs> so, so much. But yeah, just... They both had curly hair. Yeah, and just very creepy vibes, like violent vibes, and just that specific like tallness and like haircut and everything mm-hmm. was just so spot-on, conservative... 60s 70s era which like in shape of water it's supposed to take place in that time period he has it as a carryover from like how they were raised which also adds to his he like creepiness so much favor. like the guy from shape of water you're right oh, it just looks so much like that guy well and those char- those two characters specifically as well so because i'm trying to think more on the dad since he was I don't know. So he doesn't. He really, really is very popular online. So I I need to think more about him. So okay. He has more of a playfulness than a scary sexiness. Like he does he like a dance a, when he, he succeeds. He has more of a simpleness. Mm. But that's where I get confused because I recall his character as being the bronze, whereas she is the brains, and him being like not much else. Like you were describing him as like hillbilly. However, he also does the dis discipline which is fine but he also seems really like in his own way he's really kind of like actually in charge not just like it's not like the mom is in charge of him he's in charge as well in his own way even though he does seem more simple so he's kind of like there's a little bit more to him than just that one-dimensional character but maybe it's because it's not compatible and it doesn't make sense I did feel like she was in charge, and he's like the enforcer. 
kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But he, because he seems so simple, and yet he also kind of has this own personality, which leads me to wonder, whose idea is the gimp suit? Is that his thing, or does she make him wear those things? Because I feel like he... He gets in and out of it whenever he wants. So it's so, his thing. I feel like that would be his thing. So how do you think that... She, I mean, maybe it started think... as her idea, but he really likes it. I, do you think... I definitely think it's his thing, because he's the one that cuts off the ear or the tongue right. or gouges out the eyes. Like, he's into all of that. How do you think Mommy feels about the gimp outfit and the all the bondage stuff at the foot of the bed? She is probably into it too and more of like submissive. But she's so religious. <laughs> but that I mean, does not change anything. <laughs> if I've read any stories online about religious people, that that's is... what I think is so weird too because they're so. She specifically is so conservative and religious. And yeah, sure, they kidnap children and swindle people out of their money. And have a bunch of people in the basement that they abuse and maim. But they also are into sex. Like, that's the part that I get hung up on. Like, why would they be into bondage sex? (laughs) Isn't that against their religion? All this other stuff makes sense to me. (laughs) The other thing that's creepy about the gimp suit is that he puts that on in this movie. Because he's about to chase some underage children around right which is so weird yeah (laughs) um he He puts puts it on suit on to to chase chase roach he's chasing chasing roach through the is it both times that it's just roach or is it fool too uh no the second time he puts it on he shows up when he attacks fool yeah Yeah. so i think he's just but they don't know roach is in the house or they don't know that fool is in the house until after that. Is Roach under 18, though? How would we know? I don't think they're letting them out as soon as they turn of age. Because some of the... No, no, no. I'm just saying, is he wearing that gimp suit to chase around someone that's under 18? Oh, I have no idea. Because that's creepy. But I, I mean, think that was the message trying to be put across. Like I can't even believe that's in a, a movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise, he was putting it on to chase around the two underage kids for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the only time we see him put it on. And then the second time he's in the game suit and he goes up to the attic to see Alice, we know that she's been, like, unshackled from the chimney in the attic. But when he goes up there, he's going to assault her because he, like, grabs his wee-wee for a second. And then he gets called back downstairs so, obviously, I'm pretty sure that Alice has been raped by him before. Like, I don't think that was, like, the first and only time that was going to happen. It implied a lot of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's another scene that was just for, like, a split second. There's a lot of split-second stuff that the movie doesn't, like... Go into. Yeah. It's, it's uh, disturbing. I think... A, I don't remember at what point in the film I was watching it. Where I stopped being like, oh, mommy and daddy did this. Where I was like, uh, man and woman. Upset now. <laughs> I think that was probably one of the parts. I was like, that's not mommy and daddy anymore. You're not yeah. daddy. For me, it was the second time they hit that switch to make the stairs. 
someone fall down the stairs, I was like, oh, they are going to stretch this movie out with those stairs. (laughs) And they did it three more times. But hey, that's an expensive prop. I get it. (laughs) You got to use it on the bad guys at the end. As much as possible. You have to. I liked her line. One of my notes about Mommy is she says, you kids will be the death of me. And it was like, it's not even foreshadowing at this point. I'm sure they're going to kill you. Yeah. I just love that she says that as if she she is having a bad time dealing with all of her children. As if she's the one in the bad place in that house. Like, all 47 of you! (laughs) You're killing me! It's like, but you could let them go at any time because they're not your actual children. No. But, okay. (laughs) <laughs> they're the ones causing you grief it's just this whole movie is just a big criticism on how inefficient the christian system is you gotta <laughs> store all these kids who don't follow your way in the also still you, feed them don't you think it's weird that they had gold coins like the goonies mm-hmm. oh oh no no because the first time i saw a gold coin it became goonies and i was like <laughs> the gold coins really helped save this movie <laughs> and um, Home Alone came out after this movie, but I've seen so many people be like, oh, they copied Home Alone so hard. Wait, let me verify this. I'm pretty sure Home Alone came out after this film. But I don't think it's that Home Alone. Like, I think that people no, default people default to other films because they've never seen Nothing But Trouble. And this film is so obviously the more serious oh. Nothing But Trouble. Yeah. Those people just don't know what life is. They don't know. Until you've seen that film. That film, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Home Alone. Did Rush Craven do uh, Shops of Little Horrors, too? No. Cause that little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, no, that was... Oh, uh, shit. No, I'm sorry. Because the first Little I'm Shop not... was basically... Was the same guy who did Buckets 50s. of Blood. And uh, then the new one... Uh, was someone who's good at theater stuff. I can't remember. Home Alone came out in 1990, oh. so it came out a year before oh. this film. <laughs> I'm sorry. But films take a long time to actually do. Like, they could have been done filming this by the time Home Alone actually came out and just been like... However, I feel like this film was in production in less time than Home Alone. So I feel like Home Alone still beats it. I really don't get that much of a Home Alone vibe. They're just saying that because it's like little kids in a house and there's like a brick to the face and then like a electrical doorknob and that's it. But it was the bad yeah. guy's electrical doorknob. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's still there, but I don't know. I don't I'm just saying it's something that it people fall back like, on, and I kind of disagree with it. It doesn't feel Home Alone to me. Because Home Alone is kind of a comedy. Like, he, And it's a Christmas film. Yeah. He looks at the camera a lot and says shit, and like... Yeah. Eats ice cream. Yeah. I do, like, um, there's a video with, uh, what's his name? The little kid in Home Alone... Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And he's in an Uber and he's an adult. He's just like chain smoking. And he's like, they left me there alone, man. (laughs) Two guys came in. They tried to fucking kill me. (laughs) And he was like, they left me alone. Uh, And he's just like, and he's like, oh, did your mom ever explain anything? No. Dumb bitch. He's just like smoking. (laughs) Like in an Uber. Is this on uh, YouTube? Yeah. He is so good. It's so good. He just and he's, a, like, healthy again, so it actually, it looks nice, but it was just, like... <laughs> he's healthy I was, again? I was rooting for him, like, okay, he's gonna hit 
a wall and then, you know, become an adult and just like chain smoke and not do meth anymore. He just did a Reddit AMA because he's doing something that like has a cause yeah. and purpose behind it. And he has such a good sense of humor about yeah. all his old stuff. It's amazing. Um, is there any more Ving Rhames? Ving Rhames? Nothing to say to Ving Rhames. Movies with gimp outfits? Because I watched Pulp Fiction yesterday, actually. Oh, shit. <laughs> if Ving Rhames had made one more film with a gimp outfit, there could have been like a box set. Oh, yeah. Right? The gimp movies. The gimp collection. It would have been amazing. And maybe there's a... Maybe he's in a movie with another gimp outfit and I just don't know about it. And then I'll make a box. I would like to know. And I would like the gimp collection with Ben Reigns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Eric will do the the art for it. Yes. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) Ben Reigns dies in both of these movies, so... Doesn't Wait, he die he in Pulp Fiction? No. 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 He's just... Something else bad. He lets, <laughs> Bruce, he lets Bruce Willis go. Yeah. And he tells oh, him, yeah, tell yeah, him yeah. what happened. The white day. people are the bad guys in that movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, isn't Bing Rames a bad guy in that? I was like, oh, wait. Everybody's a bad yeah, guy in that. Everybody's he that. is... Well, yeah, everybody's the bad guy. He yeah. is for, like, a second until the end, and then he's the hero. Um... I knew it was, it was going to be a short podcast. <laughs> it's a really small movie. That's why I picked it. Mommy is a clean freak in some parts of the house, like Alice's bedroom. Yeah. Not so much the bathroom in no. the unused wing of the funeral home, because that's what they live in. That's why the stairs have a slidey staircase for uh, caskets. Yeah. For caskets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, Wes. Oh, wait, the... Doesn't help you with production values. No. You're going to have to use that five times. <laughs> also, the father walks in and says he feels stressed. Oh, no. He said he feels tense and he has a headache because their liquor store was robbed or their convenience store was robbed. So they just let him beat Alice with his belt because he felt tense. Also, because she lost her fork. Like, that's the type of stuff she had to, like, live with. Live with. Hilarious comedy. So funny. Guys on the internet. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call it a hilarious comedy, but there were parts where you're like... I know. It's like a goofball, like, crazy... But I think, too, like, when you watch older films, especially if you're watching it for the first time... And you don't have, like, that nostalgia to it. Like, it is kind of funny because you're like, this is, like, filmed weird. It looks weird. And special effects are stupid. Like, you just think it's funny. Well, and I think that everyone who's ever watched this film, unless they've been previously prompted for the watch, they see the title, The People Under the Stairs, 1991, Wes Craven. And they think this is going to be the scariest older film like weird shit and like scary shit and like taken very seriously and disturbing and when they see that it's not exactly super scary they kind of go in that direction and i i get that but i it totally gets me too like hearing the title of the people under the stairs that's still so creepy I oh almost, yeah i almost feel like as much as i love this movie that could have been held for like a really scary film but i like it for this one i think it 
the name would have held up a lot more too if they would have focused more on the people that actually lived under they the stairs. They really don't. Because they don't really focus on them that much. Well, I guess it's supposed to be like the horror of the film is supposed to be like the people under the stairs are all these victims that these, these people have done wrong to. So it's like the people under the stairs and I guess that makes the title sad actually if anything. So it, it doesn't really serve its purpose purpose because it sounds scary. It's meant to be, I guess, about all the victims. Like, look at this pile of victims these people have. Look at all these people under the stairs. You just don't understand that until you watch the movie. Crazy. Um, what did you guys think of? Did the line, maybe the president will make me the secretary of pussy, did that stick out to either of you? No. <laughs> really? I just thought it was a stupid line. Like, sometimes when they spoke, I just kind of, I was like, uh, he's about to say something stupid. Because every line he's had in the movie has been something stupid. Uh, something else. <laughs> Ving Rhames quote. Was it Ving Rhames? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, one of my notes about Ving Rhames and, and Fool is like, this movie could also be called, well, for the first half of the movie, I was like, this could be called... An older man <laughs> basically <laughs> talks a young man into going through a house scene by scene. Because every That's scene... That's the name of the movie? Fool, yeah, because Fool is like, I don't want to do that. And then Ving Rhames basically emasculates him in some way. That happens so many times. And they haven't even hit the first basement stairs yet. They gave him a lot of really a lot of bad lessons. lines in the movie. They did, but it got to me after the... Secretary of Pussy line because before that he was just annoying because it was a lot of him actually giving real dialogue to other characters. So he was just kind of an asshole character being like, hey, you have to do this. Look at the state of your mom. Um, you're you're a man now. You're 13. You were 12 yesterday. Yeah. So come and do this with me. So then he kind of sucks. And then when he starts doing the one-liners, one of his first one-liners was, Maybe the president will make me secretary of pussy. And at that moment, I was like, oh my god, that's so funny. I recall this part. And I put it in my notes. But then after that, they get into the house. And it's like one-liner after one-liner after one-liner where everything he's talking about is about a woman's body or sex with a woman. And I was like, you are no longer To an eight-year-old boy. (laughs) And none of it. To get him to go through a house. And it wasn't To get even, him to keep Robin's yeah. house. And it wasn't even funny. Like, Secretary of Pussy, hilarious. But then everything that comes out of his mouth after that is like... Just like oh. Is like boobs, sex with lady girls. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but he's already like... He like choked Fool's sister in front of him. He yeah. grabbed her, her by the throat and like choked her ass like before any of these one-liners. I'm always I was so not down with this character from the very beginning. It was also bad that like there was nobody give Fool any good advice. Like there was no inspiring moment where Fool's like, "Oh, even if I try to do this by the books, I couldn't, so I should rob this house." It's just like, "No, Ving Rhames no, told me I should rob this house." The first lines yeah. in the film when Ruby, his sister, is doing the tarot cards, she lays out the entire film that we're about to watch. She says, the fool, that's you, little brother. Are you going to walk off the cliff or walk backwards into the sun and get to the other side and go through all the fire? 
And he's like, I'm not a fool. And she's like, no, it means that you're just ignorant. And you have to go through some big, awful thing first. And then, like, what, the next day, Bing Rames is like, come and do this house. We have to get the stuff for your mom and your sister. Tarot fans out there also know <laughs> the fool has sort of an invulnerability in his ignorance because he doesn't know death. So that, I what do think... What you don't know can't hurt you? I do think yeah. that, that actually played out well with the well, character. Yeah. I would recommend this film to tarot fans because oh my he, he's totally all right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's his confidence. Like, I think that he was just like, oh, my sister's doing these silly cards. But then the next day he's like, maybe I should go and do this thing so I can come out the other side because yeah. my sister said this thing to me last night on my birthday. A lot of the times it does seem like he has to surrender to ignorance because what could be worse? And that's... He's so brave, though. It's like, is he that brave because he's so ignorant? He drew the fool card. He's invulnerable. Or he lives in the hood. It's like he's not afraid of anything, but it's not... It's weird. I was trying to articulate this on the way over here. It's like he's brave, but the movie is never like... Look how brave he is. Or there's never a moment where he's like, oh, I'm so brave now. He's just this way. Like, this is who he's always been. There's this character named Fool Poindexter. And he's only 13. And he's, like, the coolest person ever. Like, look at all of this stuff he goes through. And it really doesn't seem to affect him. He's just... It's like there's no fear in him. He's just thinking about how do I call child protective services for this girl and how do I go back inside this house and how do I get this money for my mom and rescue all these kids underneath the stairs and get away from these people. There's never parts of the movie where he's like super scared or worried or like trying to overcome everything because there's nothing to overcome. This is just the way he is. And then the movie is never like, look at this hero moment. Oh, now he's a hero. He just goes through this. And nothing really changes in his character. He just came out the other side because he had to, I guess. Now he's a man. Now he's ready to follow in Bing Rames' dead ass no, footsteps. No, yep. no, no. So dead. line in it all over town. Well, the neighborhood mm. got all that money. So we're going to, first off, there's going to be a lot of inflation. Mm-hmm. Then that whole neighborhood is going to go to hell in handbasket. Yep. This is a random note that has nothing to do with mommy or daddy. Um, the TV that they're, that the people under the stairs are watching, whoever's speaking on the TV that they're watching, he sounds like Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. Oh. If this movie was any newer, I would have thought that that was Justin Roiland, just like in a bit part, but I think this was like before his time a little bit. Just sounds Hmm. like him. My last note was... The one time I thought both of these villains were really hot was, like, right before they start throwing bricks down the chimney, Mommy and Daddy have a fight, and, oh, like, yeah. like he grabs her and stuff. I was like, this is kind of hot. I was like, <laughs> the two villains are, like, fighting. I was like, I want you both to die. So yeah. I, I'm about to get what I want here. Mm-hmm. That, um, <laughs> that's uh, one of the only, like, shots of the film that you can find online is that scene where they're arguing and they like, I don't know, they're, they're in like a struggle somehow, I forget, but they're like yelling at each other. Yeah, they're it's just, like a yeah, they're shot mad. that's online everywhere. She calls him a name and he's finally had too much. Too much. Don't push a guy in a gimp suit. Mm-mm. He's ready to go in that gimp suit. Safe word. <laughs> the 
safe word is safe word. Do you guys want to make up names for them? Ooh. Doris and Ivan. Oh, that works. Ew. Doris and Ivan. Mm. Yeah, they're super homely. Or maybe... How about Greg and Suzanne? I feel like he would have a more biblical name, and I realize Ivan, like, Isaac might be better, but I don't think Isaac, more like Abraham (laughs) and Doris, still Doris. Oh, well, she could have, like, Esther. Mm, No, she's, like, modern, so her name's Avery. Oh. She's, like, a redheaded Avery. And his name is Jebediah. I have to think of like <laughs> I'm trying to think of like pinup names with the victory are... roles. So like always cult leaders. Yeah. His name Jebediah. is Rachel. Rachel. Rachel is a boy's Rachel. name, right? No. If he had a, I mean it can be, but I don't see it for his. His character. name is Chelsea. Leslie. Leslie. Okay, so what was their name before they were adopted by before they were kidnapped by fundamentalists? And what was their original names? No, that's too. That's too deep. Michael. That's too deep. He, he could yeah. be just like a Michael. Is the Funny enough, name. they were both Ashleys, and then they were kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a perfect. They're both Ashleys, kidnapped. They <sighs> beat him because his name was Ashley, and then named him Jebediah. <laughs> and then they Jebediah. named him Jebediah. <laughs> oh, but that works. That works for me because then just like Jeb. Jeb. Because he's a he's very he's, a he's quite a Jeb. Well, I he's guess... like a Jim Bob. Doris isn't very biblical. No. But Ashley isn't either, so they would change her name to something less Uh, Irish Gaelic. There's Esther. Esther is pretty dang perfect. I guess she could be an Esther. Esther and Jib. I like it. There's a lot of names I can't You know what she's not? A Courtney. (laughs) She's not a Courtney. Oh, Bathsheba. Is also another Bathsheba. Becky Sheba. Bathsheba is also another biblical name. God, Chloe what is a biblical. She's name. not a Chloe. She's definitely. She's not. more of a Bathsheba than a Chloe. Bathsheba. Yeah. She's more of a Courtney than a Chloe. Chloe she could be a Chloe with a K, I guess. Beth. She's kind of a Beth. Doris still hits it. Deborah. Doris isn't. Deborah. Deborah. Little Debbie. <gasps> Little Debbie, because doesn't Little Debbie have red hair too? When. Oh, wait, that's her real name. But she's so <laughs> elegant. Okay, maybe we should move into food soon. I was like, Wendy, um, like Wendy's. Oh, wait, her oh, name yeah, is Wendy. Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I had almost no internet information about them. People tended to never talk about the mom and dad specifically and they, unless they were describing how frightening they were and messed up. The mom was terrifying. The dad was fucked up however i did come across on tumblr and youtube a lot of women specifically saying that um no they didn't like him grabbing his junk for like in the scene with alice but if they were chained up in the attic they would have been fine with it (laughs) (laughs) um there's a lot of women that's fine with being in Alice's place as an adult woman. Yeah, they were... And being like, oh, I can be spanked by daddy with his belt when he has a headache. Things like that, of that nature. There were yeah. two hints at him having some pedophilia, and one was definitely the grabbing the junk thing. But then he's, yeah. he sniffs Maybe he just had an itch. Fools. He, like, sniffs <laughs> Fool's uh, Boy Scout outfit. Yeah. And I was... That was yeah. the... That's beforehand, and I was like, yeah. oh... Is this a... Yeah, but he doesn't keep messing with the boys. He just throws... He ends up throwing them in the basement. Or I don't know what them? he does with the boys in the basement. He get, he feeds them some 
parts. Yeah. This would definitely be a movie that would be more messed up if it was made nowadays, I think. Oh, yeah. I think, someone... I think it would go more in depth with people. But at the same time, there people was a... People have talked about remaking this film. There was a point at which I was watching this, I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is almost Get Out, but done completely wrong. Yeah. I was like, this is like Get Out, but so bad. Like, yeah. completely the wrong, like, time for it. It uh, is kind of like Get Out. That's very weird. Jezebel would be a good name for her. Ooh, because it's like sexy and, and yeah. biblical. Yeah, and I can see a redhead. Jezebel. And Jezebel. Jezebel and, and Jebediah. Jez and Jeb. Their last names are uh, Robison or Robison. It's funny it that they, it's mind. just funny that they don't even list the last name there. Mm. Man Robison. <laughs> so I thought about trying to squeeze a creep corner story out of someone. However, I felt like this movie is so obscure and I didn't know how old the notes that I found from Tumblr specifically were. So I just thought it would be insanely creepy to basically stalk someone's Tumblr page enough to be like, hey, you, you commented on this two months ago. <laughs> Do you want to, <laughs> are you interested in us? We should just write our, our own podcast. We should write our own like fanfic for the end of this in case there's no creep corner just like who would you ship on this oh that'd be fun because uh, i was fun all about the dad no i was all about ving rames ending up with mommy and like oh. changing her entire paradigm and like oh like she runs off with him i wasn't dude as soon as i saw daddy i was like oh shape of water i just seen it <laughs> very tall very afraid don't want to see this guy in another movie but like yeah. ving rames and 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 mommy, I was like, she could change. She could change. I mean, she Ving Rhames and Daddy yeah. are fine. With, I'm fine with it too. But I don't think Ving. I don't think That'll Leroy be, would like. We should just have a ship segment and ship oh, ship our oh, villain. Oh oh oh! Um, <laughs> ship my ride. Um, I looked up the people <laughs> under the stairs on all the fan fiction websites, and the only fan fiction that has been written for this film that has at least been posted online where I could see it was Roach and Alice. Oh. Yeah. They love each other. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. That's like a Morian universe. I'm into it. That seems too fluffy. They were supposed to be the fine. next mommy and daddy, but they were going to run away together. They're definitely going to run away. Well, he's dead now. Oh, and then in they the end, they start their own creepy house where they start kidnapping kids. So they do start their own family. Yeah. <laughs> the only kind do of family guys- they know how to start. Do you guys remember... Dump people under the stairs, too. <laughs> I don't remember if it was, like, uh, if it was a TV show or a movie, but it was something like people under the stairs, but in modern times. So, like, they're... Modern times when? I don't know. <laughs> but it was either a show or a movie. I can't remember. But I just remember there was a part of it. It wasn't the whole movie. It was just this one little part where they, like, go to the this couple's house that's, like, they make a ridiculous amount of money. It looks like... 80s 90s the way the house is decorated and then there's this whole back room where there's like all this kid stuff and they're like did you know they had kids like and it turns out to be really creepy like a creepy playroom so i remember that part of it because it was so weird because the couple find out so i can watch it i'm gonna have to google (laughs) i'm gonna have to google i'm picturing like a cross between black mirror and problem child it was just a it was crazy because you it gets it would go back and forth between this couple and their, like, nice house and they're, like, this rich couple. And then it was, like, this weird, creepy playroom and there's cameras everywhere and you're, like, 
What well, like genre so was it supposed to be? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I was probably high when I watched it. How but old were you? I was probably like nineteen. It's like 10 so. Years it's an ago. older. That, I'm yeah. trying to figure out when the movie maybe came, came out. out. By what I'll age have you to are. Google through. I'll have to try to search, which is going to be really hard to um, avoid any type of weird sites popping up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was hard to look up the band Orgy for a long time until the internet got. Not dumb. Mm. Um, They're not the top search result now. No. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. Orgy Band, 1998. <laughs> not the top and search result then, since like, 1988. Lead singer's name? Like, Jay Gordon. <laughs> Jugordon. Amir. <laughs> He's in Julian K now. Okay, sorry. Um, so, Tumblr tags... All to do with the father. That's when I really started to hardcore realize that nobody cares about mommy in this film. No. Except for me, which is so bizarre because she's like painted up Julia Roberts. Apparently no one cares. Super gay icon. She's like, like where are, are all the drag queens? Like, Can I say, I think... Where are all the drag queens? There would be a huge <laughs> connection with her if she had been either like taunting the, the victims in the basement more face to face or mm. like... There were some interactions I think she needed to have to be more well-rounded. She seemed mainly angry at the dad, Fool, and Alice. Whereas the dad is, like, angry at the whole house <laughs> and the kids. And, like, yeah. like it's just going crazy from trying to keep that all together. Well, yeah, because Mommy is, like, into, like, being clean and, like, keeping everything together. And she yells at him to do literally everything else. So he's angry all the time. Because all he does is get yelled at, and then he has to do everything. He's the brawn, and she's the brains, and she yeah. makes him do everything. Mm. And that's why they fight, and that's why he puts on the gimp outfit? So Maybe he the can li- be the master. Oh, if she had a gimp outfit. The this gimp outfit is not the master. master. Yeah, so that would not make sense. That's why I was like, does she yell all the time, and she makes him wear that? But, but that's maybe not they true, don't know the difference, because they're just... I they mean, don't know what they're doing. Because they also don't leave the house, really. Like, they don't. Their money is all hidden in gold coins in the basement. Like, they also don't. Buy a bunch of explosives. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tumblr tags for the people under the stairs. I think there might be a mommy-specific one in here, but I think it's all dad stuff. Tags. Hashtag. Daddy. Duh. I added the duh. It's just daddy. Daddy duh Hashtag gimp suit. Hashtag fetish, which I do believe I'm under the impression there was people reblogging like photos and gift sets of the dad specifically wearing the gimp suit where it was blogs that didn't know it was from a film. So they were just reblogging amazing imagery that they saw. Yeah. So hashtags gimp suit, hashtag fetish, hashtag mask, hashtag leather, hashtag kink, hashtag if you wear this, you can <laughs> I always get shy, sorry. Hashtag, if you wear this, you can fuck me anytime. Hashtag. Got anything else you don't want to read? Hashtag, I find, I just, when I'm adding these things, I'm fine with it. And then when I'm reading it, I'm like. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hashtag, I find the dad dude hot. Hashtag, this film made me realize I was a leather freak. Hashtag, daddy from the people under the stairs. First fully leather gimp I ever saw. Been chasing this dream ever since. Okay, 
You just want to get chased through a house. This is my guy in a gimp suit. <laughs> this one's my favorite. Hashtag me when I found out the sushi my sister got was shrimp. I was so sad, but fuck, I still ate it because it was so good. Now I'm just waiting to throw up. <laughs> I don't. That's a tag. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was for a photo or a gif of mommy when she's screaming really angrily or looked upset or something. Mm. Okay, Waiting yeah, to that throw tag up now. Context. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what foods are the two of these people? I had one for them, which was. Wait, are we gonna do two separate ones or one? I have one for both, I think. Okay. Uh, Make sure I have the recipe for this open, because this is... The recipe? Yeah. It's called... I don't know if you guys have heard of this. It's called Anadama bread. No. No. So an Anadama bread is this... uh, It's basically a yeast bread that you make with cornmeal and dark molasses. It's just... (gasps) Oh, that sounds so good. It's pretty good, but it's basically like a... It's like... Something they made because of a shortage of goods back in the day, and Is that I that mean brown the con- bread uh, that you can get sometimes, the really brown bread. It's like dense. It's like a molasses Sounds bread. Like it. So anadema bread is a oh, traditional yeah, right. yeast bread of New England in the United States. Now I was raised in New England, so that might be why I've heard of this because I learned how to make good. it. But it's not like a rye bread, although apparently. Sometimes made with rye flour. But when I think of it, I think of these two characters because they're so rooted in these old, like, white-ass conservative values. And Anadema bread is, like, a very, like, workaround, no-thrills bread. No-thrills at all bread. <laughs> and I, I really like bread. Molasses is so a thrill. What are bread, you talking about? Bread that I don't like is, like... Is like these characters. The name Anadama is like ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And I will let Anadama, our listeners Anadama, Alabama. Anadama bread. Anadama. <laughs> For some reason, when I was going through this and thinking of the food, Anadama bread came up because I was just like, oh. That's, that's one of those things that I was like, some foolish conservative white people came up with this. I tried it and I didn't care for it. And that's just like locking your children in the basement. <laughs> I have no idea what food. They okay, I think I have one. It's kind of a default. We've kind of done it before, but it's a it's an adaptation. No, 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 not sea urchin. Oh, they are so not sea urchin. They're like the furthest from sea urchin. You're not good enough to be sea urchin. When I was in Wisconsin, my husband's family took me up to the very borders of South Michigan. And we stopped. For someone that's never been to Michigan, you probably have like a certain idea of what that might look like. And this is what it looked like, whatever you're picturing in your head. It was um, a gas station on the side of the road. And you walk in and it's like low lit and there's like carpet, which is weird for a gas station. Oh yeah, super weird for a gas station. And the people were scary. And they had, like, cakes there that were in, like, plastic containers. And I think there was, like, a pineapple pineapple upside-down cake and, like, a maybe, like, a cheesecake-type thing with, like, a cherry on top. And I feel like Daddy is, like, the crust, the mushy 
cakey crust of like a like a pie or a cheesecake and the mom is like the weird cherry on top that's not even actually a cherry and it's like all processed and it's been sitting there for so long and like when you buy it it's a little bit warmer than what you're expecting so everything is the filling in, wise. is like the filling in between their upbringing like the filling the thing in that between connects them is the people under is the stairs white values <laughs> it's yeah the filling of the cheesecake is white values it's, this is apt this is an apt yeah apt. so that's my that's my food so i put them into the same pie as you did with your with a lot of filling to hold them together which is very that is perfect because they are from different eras it's that's the odd couple and they're from a convenience store in michigan in a a gas station store from south michigan on the border by a waterfall we got regional oh man the only thing i could think of was this one time i got sick from eating this like they called them beef sticks at 7-eleven and it was basically like Corn tortilla. You got sick from it? Yeah, I did not feel good. Uh, it was like this meat stuffed rolled corn tortilla that probably was in there a lot longer than it should have been with cheese. Like it was like shredded beef and cheese, but it's like oh, a dollar. So I don't know how great the beef or the cheese was, but I thought I got high at school and I thought what you did was eat because of munchies and so we went to the gas station and I was like, <laughs> beef cheese stick, that sounds delicious. Beef cheese stick, please. And I ate it and I was like, oh. And then you realized you weren't high. I was not high. <laughs> I was not high at all. You realized everything was exactly as you yeah. always thought. I was like, oh, you just got bullshit weed. Someone sold you like parsley and we smoked it because we're stupid and then I ate a beef stick that I wouldn't have gotten without smoking the weed, the fake weed. And now I feel like shit. So I'm going to say they're like that beef stick. Wow. That beef stick probably would have been really good if you were high. (laughs) Just a shitty beef stick? Just a shitty ass beef stick. That makes You think that they're gonna be good you're like beef cheese and tortilla what can go wrong because they look all like everyone told you just get in there this is a great husband and wife and then all of a sudden you're like but this beef stick cost 59 cents oh shit do not put that in your body but but this married couple makes me feel sick (laughs) to my stomach Why is that? Dear Wes Craven, what's, <laughs> what's up with these 59-cent villains? Well, okay, so now that we've picked three foods that totally gross us out, is Mommy and Daddy hot or not? And Dama Bread, <laughs> I have to say, is actually kind of good. <laughs> now that I remember, I'm like, oh, you know, it's simple. It's simple. It definitely represents them in simplicity, but it's actually kind of good. And I like cheesecake. But you have to get to the gimp scene, and then Anna Dama Bread is amazing. And I do like corn tortillas with beef and cheese. Mm. I just will never eat them Depends from a 7-Eleven again. you buy it. Yeah. And I like cheesecake. So, Mommy and Daddy, are they hot or not? The dad, I'm sorry, he's not hot. Sorry, guys. The mom is super hot. She's elegant. The way that she speaks, she has like, I don't know if it's like a fake cadence that she does. Like, her voice sounds like sing-songy sometimes. It's super hot. I love the way she looks. She looks like Julia Roberts with like a weird, 
um, painted on twist. Um, they both piss me off in the film and I get upset with them and, but just overall, I, and I guess he's hot. Like there is a part in the film before they both die where they look very disheveled. Like they're all bloody and beat up and stuff Mm -hmm. and their hair is falling out of place and her makeup Mm -hmm. is smeared and he is all sweaty and bloody and his hair is all tussled. Mm-hmm. And he actually does look really good like that. And he's in his leather gear yeah, without his mask he does on. look good in that. Yeah. Um, so I will say there is a point in the film where daddy is very attractive to me. Um, overall, mommy, yes. Daddy, no. Same. He starts looking better when he's all disheveled in the basement with his gimp suit on. <laughs> Which is yeah. really confusing because... He's wearing the same thing when he goes to assault Alice. I know. Well, that's when you get upset. And then by the the end of the film, you're like, oh, you're just goofy again. When you know he's just about to die and you're like, I don't have to be ashamed to feel this way. You are (laughs) You're hot. Bye. Bye. You're about to blow up. You're dead now. Yeah. They're just both too intolerant and, and mean. So I'm not really into them, but I think... Julia Roberts could have killed this, and I. It actually, what's funny is now I'm like, Julia Roberts would have been amazing and get out. Like I was like, oh, that would have been pretty nice. Like, like as the mom. mom. Yeah, she yeah. would have been creepy as hell. Like that would have been really cool. But oh so my God, I would Julia be in. Roberts I would be into a remake of this with Julia to, Roberts like, and like David that. Byrne as the dad. Like some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he like sings. Yeah. Oh, is that good? oh, he could be so creepy and perfect for this. Yeah, this has potential for a reboot. Maybe if this ever gets rebooted. It'd be kind of awesome. By like, like Denis Villeneuve or something. So he takes it like way well, seriously. Guillermo to... del Toro. If this ever gets rebooted, the actors still need to have like very intense faces. Like, I think the great thing about the mommy and daddy characters is that they're not conventionally beautiful, but they are attractive people but they have pretty intense facial features even like younger pictures of jaw, her yeah. like yeah. jaw cut if they did this movie today the Alice character would be played by the girl from Wish Upon and that would suck or like you know <laughs> no you <laughs> that girl is <laughs> she's like this brunette she's fine but she shouldn't be in this movie I'm mad I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, don't know who they would get to because, like, you know, Kristen they Stewart. Need... No. no, 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 no. Kristen the, Stewart. The Fanning sisters are all too old. It's gonna be. It would be a new. I think if they you did this, if to... you did this movie with like an entirely ensemble new cast, bring Vin Rames back. I will say that. Bring him back as the dad. No, nope, for something better. Or, oh, the grandpa. Better uncle. Better uncle. Source, what's her name? Cersei from from Cersei. Game, Cersei from Game of Thrones would be a oh great Lena Headey, mommy. Lena Headey would be great. She yeah. would take it so because serious. even though she is oh. conventionally beautiful, like she has a way of like she like she it. talks she through her it. teeth, scolding lips. Yeah, she like, has lips that scold. Yeah, like, she'll talk through oh. her teeth and really intense eyes. She'd be really good, but you need somebody with like intense facial features. Like they can't be too soft. And the guy from <sighs> from The Shape of Water. He was great. I would love to see Julia Roberts in a horror movie right now. 
just Julia that, Roberts was if, the guy from Shape of Water. No, no. If Julia Roberts had a horror comeback right now, I would be so into it. I, I would be so I excited to see her in something sweet. I was big into Julia Roberts as a kid. I don't know why. I saw a lot. Oh, of her I think everyone was. I was pretty big into Julia. It's Roberts. been so long. I never liked her, but she was very beautiful. She back was so in the day. funny in and Ocean's people would Twelve. Always, that I, yeah, I really I wanted that. to see yeah. her in more stuff after that. And I hated how everyone called her a horse. And I was like, I don't feel like she looks like a horse because she has a long face no. and the big teeth. This is probably where you cut the podcast, I suppose. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker was who I always heard the horse thing from when my generation. Are you wanting me to Oh, cut they that say out? that about her too, but I don't, I don't see that either. I actually don't think she's ugly at all, but everybody hates her for some reason. I was like, does she eat babies? I don't I get I feel it. like everybody that everybody has said is ugly is like super hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. So... Leah Michelle was didn't get work for the longest time because she was ugly. She had a big nose, so that was mommy and daddy from the people under the stairs. Mm-hmm. With food talk, yeah. Well, always with food talk. What mm. would we be without food talk? We snuck, <laughs> we what snuck are a we? little Julia Roberts into food talk, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Maybe it'll be a cut. Uh, so hey, I'm so excited, Eric. What are we doing next month? Because I have no idea. It's your turn to pick. It's your Turn to pick, and I'm so excited about what you're gonna pick. <laughs> it's the pick time, time to pick. What's my reaction gonna I be? I thought I picked the thing. What was the thing we skipped? This is we skipped Night of the Hunter with Robert Meacham. Predator? Um... No, he's invisible. <laughs> Yeah, but he can, like, sense your body and <sighs> shit. You have to... That's kind of hot, I guess. You have to throw mud all over yourself to... That's hot. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's the one funny thing about going back and doing the indoor kids is I'm like, they talk about the Matrix. I'm like, it's because it's too... It's still... In the Wait, early. I pressed record. All right. Okay, we were gone for a long time trying to decide our next villain and then eric was like what about agent smith from the matrix and i was like <laughs> and then i was like <laughs> and then natasha's like what and i was like the matrix agent smith and she was like what did you say mr anderson yeah. oh god i'm so fucking ready agent smith agent smith next time on fucking love it how have we never brought up the matrix i don't know so many villains this has been the super hot bad guy podcast you can send us a creep corner story that is where you write in talking about any sort of villain that you find attraction to and you know what i was thinking actually if you have weird stories where like your parents have crushes on like kim basinger like if your dad is into like basic instinct is that kim basinger yeah my dad was into it I know everybody. I every, everybody has a story yeah. about their dad being into Kim Basinger from Basic Instinct, or like your mom is into Candyman because basically everybody's mom is into Candyman for some reason. <laughs> send nice. in a creep corner story. You can send that yeah. to hotbadpod at gmail or you may write that in anonymously if you so desire to our Tumblr page, which is hotbadpod at tumblr Follow us on i. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. It's the easiest way to listen to us. We are also on. SoundCloud, we have Tumblrs and Facebooks and Twitters and all that jazz. Can you say your your lines? I said that I said all your crap last time. What's my line? You say creep it sleazy. (laughs) Creep it sleazy. He said it. (laughs) Uh, uh, Get permission from Dan. Natasha, what's your out through line outline? 
Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> My friend's suspicions roused. They asked me why I never let them come play at my house. It seems as if I may have to invite them to my home and pray that doesn't greet them while he's wearing his background robes. Let's complex to say I